Well, it's that time of the week again. It's time for Chit Chat Across the Pond. This is episode number 686 for May 29th, 2021. And I'm your host, Allison Sheridan. This week, our guest is Bart Bouchotts, back with Programming by Stealth number 117. I predict fun today, Bart. What do you think? I hope your predictions prove correct. Um, <laughs> I think I think it's going to be fun. We, we are going to dip our toe into the GitHub water. Um, I, I lift the kimono slightly. I thought we we're just going to do all a GitHub in one day, you know. Yeah, yeah, you just use it to contribute to open source. And then I started writing the show notes. <laughs> and we have draft notes for 118 and 119 sitting in Git. So oh, that okay. tells you how well that went. But anyway. <laughs> well, uh, I've had to read through these notes, fun. and I think you, you crisped it up and gave us a, a good chunk, but uh, not one that'll go on for days. Yes, that is the plan, because we're a little bit late recording, because it was good weather in Ireland, and strike while the iron is hot, etc. <laughs> so, where we left our story is that we had uh, finished looking at using a Git to collaborate as a team, um, and in that concept, we had a shared repository sitting somewhere, and everyone on the team was able to contribute to that repository. So really, working with a team of equals is very, very similar to being yourself on multiple computers, just being a forgetful version of yourself. It doesn't remember whether you need to push or not. And hopefully your and, coworkers are better than you are. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. I mean, ultimately, we spent most of our time talking about human factors because, frankly, the biggest part of working together as a team isn't the technology, it's the humans. Right, um, right. Uh, and then we, we we looked at the concept, okay, so you have a shared Git repository. Well, in the olden days, you would run your own server all the time. But we did also mention that you had other options, including the very common software as a service or cloud computing approach. And we described that there were a bunch of common providers in that space and that they range in price from free to eye-wateringly expensive. Uh, and we sort of explained that in the series, we would only be using one of the SaaS offerings. And the one that I have chosen is GitHub because it's kind of the second, or it's kind of one of the main homes really for the open source community as a whole. And, you know, you could legitimately ask, well, why GitHub? And I was thinking about it and I figured there's actually three really good reasons. The first is they have earned, they're a bit like um, Cloudflare. They've earned the respect of the community by being around for a long time and not breaking Wheaton's rule. They've just been good netizens. Uh, they also have a business model, which doesn't involve exploiting their users. They are not what I call freepy. They're not free for your personal information. They have a freemium model, but it is freemium, right? The, the money comes in from the high-end customers and that finances the open source customers and the personal free customers. Hey, so it's can you not back up a second? What is, what is Wheaton's principle? I'm not sure if I would like to say a non-Boy Scout word, but it's don't oh, okay. be a bleep. <laughs> oh, as in Will Wheaton, as in the guy who played Wesley Crusher. Just don't be a jerk. It's, don't be a jerk. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. So it's, it's, it's the most... It, it's fun listening to him explain it, but it's kind of like the world's simplest definition of what you should, how you should behave, you know, apply for it, say, don't be that guy. Just, <laughs> just don't be that guy. Okay. So they have, they have previous, they have been good internet citizens. So that is certainly one of the reasons I chose them. They also have a nice feature set. Um, and that's kind of useful. Um, and they, probably not unrelated, they are the home of an awful lot of open source projects. So they're a good place to be. And I figured I would just go and check about projects people might have heard of. And um, well, jQuery is hosted on GitHub. Bootstrap is hosted on GitHub. And the PHP language is hosted on GitHub. Okay. So that is the two libraries that we spent the most time on in our JavaScript exploration and the programming language we're about to dive into. So, you know, and there were just three I picked at random because they came to mind, and yep, all three on GitHub. Okay, good, good. So where we are headed is to get to the point where we can use GitHub to interact with the open source community. But really, we should probably learn to use GitHub before we learn to use GitHub to interact with anything. So <laughs> how's about we start there? Okay. So the first question is, what is GitHub, right? So at its basic, basic level, 
GitHub is a service that allows you to host Git repositories in the cloud and access them via any Git client. So it is a Git repository with the Git protocols, so you can use it in the same way we have been using a folder on our computer, pretending it was on a NAS. It's just instead of the URL being a file path, the URL is going to be slightly different. But ultimately, it's just so, you know, someone else's computer hosting your Git for you in the cloud. So you can create and manage repositories using the GitHub website. Uh, you can then clone them onto your development computer. And then you can use any Git tool that you have used up to date. You can use the Git CLI. You can use your favorite GUI app. Or you can use Git features integrated into your favorite development environment, like you've become very fond of uh, VS Code. Okay, right, So, right. In fact, I used it any, today. <laughs> yeah, so anything that we have been doing with Git, you can do with Git cloned from GitHub. It, it, it's just hosted Git. Well, it's not just hosted Git. It is hosted Git. But wait, there's more. <laughs> <laughs> so as well as allowing you to create and manage your repositories, the web interface also allows you to just browse around your repository, which is just kind of convenient, right? The command line with git list and git log, and I mean, you can with git diff, you can view all the stuff. And we've learned that over these installments, but it's a bit clunky. It's just easier sometimes to go point and click. Right, so a nice web interface with a drop down to pick your branch and just point and click to move around folder to folder, file to file, you know, kind of useful. Um, you can also actually view your code within the GitHub website. So you can just click on a file and it will give you a nice syntax highlighted look at your code. And in fact, you can even edit it. Um, if you click the pencil button, it will let you edit your code right there on the website. And to be honest, it's a pretty decent web based editor. I wouldn't replace my IDE with it, but I quite often use it for a quick fix. Oh, I feel better. I because I've done that before, and I was always worried that I was I was breaking some rule. But it it literally is just like editing anywhere, right? It's it's not exactly. really the authoritative so, so the authority. I'll say this yet: the authoritative source. We just treat it that way. Exactly. I mean, every a Git repository is a Git repository is a Git repository. Okay, right? they're all equal because it's peer to peer. It's chaos. We assign our own rules. Um, so, I mean, the syntax holiday is actually pretty decent. It's not a bad wee editor, but, you know, you're still going to use your IDE for most stuff. But it's it's kind of handy to be able to have it. Uh, but when GitHub was set up, the problem to be solved wasn't how do we make Git hosting easier? The problem to be solved in the mind of GitHub's creators was actually bigger. How do we make collaborating on code easier? So while the solution is Git-based, they didn't say, how do we make a Git client on the web? They went, how do we make it easier to, to work together on code? So there are many more features beyond the Git features because their, their, their aim was bigger. So when you create a GitHub repository, you get, if you want, a free wiki integrated with the project, so that, you know, with the repository. So if you were hosting an open source thing, you could use a wiki for your documentation. You get a free issue tracker, which a lot of open source projects use to manage bug reports and feature requests. It's quite a powerful issue tracker, actually. It lets you tag stuff and set milestones and assign um, issue, or issues slash feature requests to specific milestones. So a user might say, I really want to be able to do blah de blah And then you can say, sure, I'll do that. But I've assigned it to version 5. But you're on 0 0.2. It's like, yeah, you'll be waiting. Wow. <laughs> What, that's that's a passive aggressive way of saying yes. <laughs> kind of is. I may have done that in the past in some places. Um, <laughs> you have to triage, right? So I mean, it gives you those tools, and every yeah. project can set its own milestones, its own tags. So it's you know you can build your own quite powerful workflows, but it's actually quite a good issue tracker. Um, they also um, have. Uh, a really cool feature we're actually going to dig into in great detail next week. You can actually host a website straight from within GitHub using GitHub Pages. In fact, this very series is hosted on GitHub. When you go to pbs.bartificer.net, you are seeing a GitHub Pages website. So it is GitHub hosting my website using a Git repository as the data source for the website. Hmm. which is really powerful because I can roll back time on the website because it's all in Git. Marco Armin uh, just started doing that. He started talking about it in the uh, Accidental Tech podcast a few weeks ago. Aha. Uh -huh. 
yeah, I, I I don't listen to the ATP. I do listen to uh, there's another. Is it? I think it's Marco is one of the people who does the other coding podcast. It's much much shorter. It's only half an hour every two weeks. Anyway, um, it's it's a very powerful feature. I'm actually going to look at it in great detail next installment uh, GitHub pages because you can actually host an entire client side web app for free right in your Git repository. So stuff oh. like our currency converter, your clock, all oh. those things, they can just be hosted right on GitHub as a live website. Oh, that's kind of a neat idea. I mean, I shoved mine up on podfeet.com, but I'm not, it's kind of a, that actually feels weird. Like, what are they doing there? You know? (laughs) But it's also, it it means that when you make a change, you have to remember to go and copy them. Oh, yeah. Whereas if you're hosting on GitHub pages, whatever you push to main is on the internet. Oh, yeah, I want to know So you work in your development branch, and as soon as you push to main, you've published to the internet. Okay, that's why I never publish to Maine because I'm never done. I've never got anything working. <laughs> that's that's right, a personal it's, problem. It's a, it's a good workflow, right? So we'll be looking at that yeah. in detail next time. Okay. Another really cool feature, particularly when you start to use GitHub to publish stuff to the world, like if you want to make a milestone, what you really want is a downloadable zip file of the stuff at that point in time, and so you could create one and upload it to your website. But on GitHub, all you have to do is create a tag named V followed by a Semver version number, and GitHub will automatically create the zip file and host it for you in your repository on a page named releases. Oh, and that's how those get created. Okay. I didn't know that was automatic. Okay. It's, yeah, it's automatic. You just make a tag called V1.6.7 or whatever, and hey, presto, where releases appears a few seconds later. It's and that, so that was convenient. a big part of how we published uh, tame, the Taming the Terminal book on uh, on GitHub was was with those releases. And I didn't know, I thought you and Helma or Helma by herself was doing a whole bunch of work to create that. That's, that's I mean, cool. I won't say there's not no work because you can, there are power features where you can make it run scripts and stuff when you trigger a release. But at, the, at its most fundamental level, when you tag something with V, you get a release. Okay. Knowing Helma, it's, there is all kinds of automation. <laughs> There is, because Helma is a GitHub power user, which is a nice transition to the other thing, is GitHub also has some pretty advanced features called GitHub Actions, which is basically scripting and other automation that gets triggered by Git commands. So when you do a Git push, it can trigger a whole bunch of automations to happen. And this is part of a a very buzz, hip workflow nowadays called CICD, or Continuous Integration slash Continuous Delivery. And some people say continuous deployment. There's a whole argument about that on the internet you don't want to get into. But <laughs> everyone agrees it's CICD and everyone agrees it's cool. Uh, we're not going to go that far in this series, but that is GitHub will do that for you, even on the free tier, which is kind of impressive. Back on the so, uh, the wiki, just to give people motivation to be excited about the idea of having a wiki, um, one of the things I heard on the Code Newbies podcast, a woman was talking about her early work into open source, and she said one of the things she looks for in a in an open source project is a wiki that describes the code of conduct. Like, what are your expectations here? You know, what do you think people are going to do and be like, and what do you want from your community? And when you, when you die, and I keep saying I'm going to do that on mine, but I haven't yet. Um, but that's, that's another thing to put in there and maybe to look for when you look, you're about to contribute to a community, see what the expectations are. Yeah. And some places will be real sticklers for convention and some places it'll be, yeah, whatever, anything goes, but it, mm-hmm. it's good to know before you dive in with both feet. Yeah. First impressions and all that. So uh, there are, right. So I'm not going to use this series as a tutorial on GitHub for two reasons. The first one, GitHub is software as a service. So it's in perpetual flux. One of the big advantages of software as a service is that there is no, you have to pay for version two and then you pay again for version three. It's just in a rolling update. And so the GitHub interface evolves and matures and gets nicer over time and new features come and features go so it kind of be a bit of a waste of time for me to to write the definitive documentation for github when in actual fact github have a documentation site called docs.github.com so when they update github they update their own docs so i would say that's the place to start and if you do a quick search on youtube for github tutorial there is no shortage on this planet of tutorials on GitHub, so I would just be wasting my time. So link in the show notes to the GitHub docs and 
a little bit of Googling will get you lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of GitHub tutorials. So let's just start to use GitHub. So before we can do really anything on GitHub, we need to be able to authenticate against GitHub. Hang on. Sorry, I'm just looking at my own show notes going, where do we actually... Huh, it's interesting. I'm not sure I would have written the show notes in this order, but anyway, okay, let's let's go there. <laughs> so I may change the title on that section. I don't like it anymore. But anyway, authentication okay. is a big deal. Right. So you're going to have to authenticate yourself against GitHub to use the cloud-hosted GitHub repository, right? It's, it's going to be not sitting just talking about logging in to the website. You're talking about being able to talk from your computer to it without the web interface necessarily being involved. Exactly, because I said to you, you can clone it to your computer as if it was on your own NAS. Well, on your own NAS, authentication isn't really an issue. But on the public internet, there had better be some authentication. (laughs) Or anyone could clone it and start pushing code to your repository, so that's not good. I would like to say that that the level of authentication on GitHub is higher than what I have on my bank. I know that's a low bar, unfortunately, with a lot of banks, but it's like, man, you really got to be you to talk to your GitHub uh, uh, repository. And that is, I'm not sure if there's a lot of open source there because GitHub are so good on that, or if GitHub are so good on that because they have this awesome responsibility of protecting like the PHP programming language. Yeah. But there is so much very important open source code there. It is critical that GitHub is well secured. And like you say, it is. They they really put a lot of work into this. So whether we're using, you know, the plain old Git CLI or whether we're using a fancy pants client doesn't really matter. The point is GitHub is going to publish your repository over two protocols. HTTPS and SSH. And it takes a little bit more work up front to use SSH, but I would strongly recommend you do that because it pays off over and over and over again in not making you enter your sudding username and password a million and one times. So GitHub's SSH support relies entirely on SSH keys. So big picture wise, The way it works is you start by generating what's called an SSH identity on the computer you're going to be cloning stuff to. And an SSH identity is just a pair of files. It's a public key and a matching private key. And the private key is default. It's named ID underscore RSA. And the matching public key by default is named ID underscore RSA dot pub. The private key never, ever, 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 ever gets shared with anyone ever. The public key is what you give to any service you would like to log into using your private key. So you generate the key pair or you use the key pair that already exists on your computer because you're the kind of person who SSHs all over the place, either or. Uh, You then log into the GitHub web interface, go to the settings and SSH and GPG keys page, GPG keys page, and you upload the public key. Then you just open your repository on the GitHub website to find its URL. There's a giant big green button called code. You click on that, it'll let you copy and paste the SSH URL. And then you just use git clone with the pasted URL and you're good to go. Because the SSH key will take care of all the authentication and it will just clone as if it was a local folder. And I see you put a uh, you- a link to the chapter in Taming the Terminal where you go in-depth into this whole topic. Correct. So we don't um, need to go so yeah, over all that now. Exactly. So Taming the Terminal, Chapter 30. Taming the Terminal, also hosted on GitHub pages. <laughs> um, so once you've cloned a repository using SSH auth, uh, you can just git fetch, git pull, git push, like we've been doing all along now for, for a few weeks, and it will just work. If you find SSH keys too daunting or you just don't like them or you have some reason you absolutely positively want to use HTTPS git URLs, okay, it'll work. Uh, but be prepared for a bit of faffing about, as you found out the hard way, Alison, um, trying to use the wonderful free client from Atlassian, whose name I always forget. Source tree. Source Thank tree, you. <laughs> which I only remember one out of 18 times myself for some reason. I don't, don't know why. 
And it's a good name. I don't know why it's so not sticking in my head, but it, it really doesn't is. stick in my head. Um, so some Git clients um, have been updated to use OAuth 2, which is that internet authentication protocol that is used to power those login with Facebook buttons. It can also be used for good, um, but it's that technology. So if your Git client can do that, if it can open a web page, redirect you through the web page, then you can use the HTTPS URLs pretty well. So Git Kraken does OAuth 2, so it's okay to use HTTPS. But on stuff like SourceTree, it won't work because it can't do the OAuth 2 dance. And then you have to jump through a really annoying hoop called a personal access token or PAT. And I think GitHub don't want you to use them because they hid them. Like it took me Googling is actually what it took me. It took me Googling to figure out where these things are hidden because I didn't actually find it by applying logic. It's under settings, developer settings personal access tokens, not setting security or settings passwords. No, settings, developer settings, personal access tokens. And then you can generate your personal access token there. And that will then behave like a special Uber extra long password. So you use your username and the personal access token when you're asked to log in. Um, and every time that you need to do a push or a pull, if you're using the CLI, you're going to be asked for that username and password, but it's not your username and password. It's your username and that giant big key, which you're never going to remember. So you're going to be copying and pasting that giant big key all the time. So, so no, actually, you don't. Um, with SourceTree, at least, if now it, it, it was... Okay, well, okay. Sorry. But I did want to say that on uh, after I created the personal access token with uh, for SourceTree... It now shows up in my list of SSH keys. So I can then see the source. You... If, yes. if it's, it's on your list of SSH keys, then source tree set up SSH for you. You must have pushed the button on source tree to say use SSH. Because if it was using the path, then it wouldn't be in your SSH. It asked for a list. personal access token, and I went through the personal access token dance. I've also got one for working copy <laughs> on the iPad Pro. It must have used a personal access token to call the API to create an SSH key. Yeah, yeah. Which is interesting. Because you can do that. You can... Yeah, so because GitHub actually has an API, so you can authenticate using a path to use the API to automate the setting up of SSH keys. Yeah, yeah. Okay, That's, but if you're going to uh, use uh, the uh, command line interface... You get what I mean. Yeah, it's, but if you're going to end up with yeah. the command line interface, you're you're going to be tired real quick. Real quick. So that's why I say just use the SSH keys. It's, it, it is the path of least resistance. So you actually have four distinct mechanisms for interacting with GitHub. Um, so that is kind of impressive. So there is the GitHub web interface, um, and we've already described a bunch of stuff you can do there. One of the really nice features that the web interface uses is that it looks for a file at the root level of the main branch of your repository called readme.md. And if that exists, it uses it as the front page for your repository in the web interface. So an awful lot of projects hosted on GitHub will use that readme.md file to basically create an FAQ page to act as the front page with links to their documentation and quick installation instructions and all that kind of stuff. And that, that's just made by editing readme.md. So that's kind of useful and cool. Um, and as I say, the web's a great place to sort of browse around your repository. Then you can just use the standard Git protocols, right? So all of the Git stuff we've done on the command line, we could just use that against GitHub. So that is as if you were doing nothing beyond what we've done so far. No GitHub-only features, just pure Git features. But hey, that's what we wanted. Uh, typo in show notes is the GitHub CLI, not the Git CLI. So GitHub actually wrote their own command line interface. So it doesn't replace Git. It is used in conjunction with Git. So when you want to do Git stuff, you don't use the GitHub command line tool. You just use the Git command because it already exists. But whenever you want to do something GitHub specific, the command becomes GH, and it will let you do things like create a whole new repository, clone a repository, um, and all the other cool stuff we're going to learn about next week, things like pull requests and forking and all that kind of stuff, straight from the command line. So that's kind of cool and powerful. So if you want the GitHub CLI, and I would say it's fun to use, it's at cli.github.com. 
And then, as we mentioned in passing, there's also a REST API which apps can use to talk to GitHub. So that's how it's possible for SourceTree to have set up the SSH keys on your behalf because there's an API. It's also how it's possible for VS Code to integrate very nicely with GitHub because it's using the GitHub API. It's how um, Git Kraken can do GitHub specific features in their GUI. They're using the GitHub API. And you could in theory write any app of your own to add any cool functionality you like using the GitHub API. So you can use GitHub as the back end of custom apps as well, thanks to this API. From our point of view, the biggest use of that API is to facilitate cool GUI apps. And there is in fact an official GitHub GUI app called desktop or desktop.github.com and it's Mac Linux. It's Mac and Windows for sure, and I think it's Linux as well, but I don't remember. Okay, so for for beginners, that would be a good place to get a just a vanilla GitHub uh, GUI. It is actually okay. Yes, and I would go so far as to say that before I became a Git Power user, I used the GitHub Desktop app as my only GitHub or my only Git GUI because it's really simplistic. Nowadays, I don't like the GitHub Desktop app because it's really simplistic, but that's actually a really good feature. You know, for years that was why I loved it, and now it's why I hate it. But that's just part of so, growing up. This is funny because you, know? you mentioned it a long time ago to me, just when we were chatting, and I had it on my to-do list for a really long time to download it and learn it. But I was just like, oh, I don't want to learn something harder than what I'm already using. But maybe I want to go back to something simpler. <laughs> that might be. It's, it's hard. I'm curious. It's it's definitely worth giving a go because it's free and easy to set up. So I mean, you have nothing yeah. to lose by giving it a go. And you know, I, um, I hate to install new software, Bart. I hardly ever do that. Oh, yeah, you never, <laughs> you never do that. Your applications folder doesn't have like you know three digits of zeros in it. <laughs> so, I mean, that is basically a description of what GitHub gives you and 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 how it sort of hangs together. So, the only other thing I wanted to do today was, well, let's make this a little bit more concrete and actually create a Hello World repository, clone it to our desktop, make a change, and push the change back up to the cloud. Okay. So the prerequisites for playing along is that you have made yourself an account on GitHub and logged in. You have configured either an SSH key pair or a personal access token so that you can use the git command line on your computer to talk to GitHub. So we're going to start off by logging into GitHub. And on the GitHub front page, we're going to click the giant, big, very inviting green new button above the list of your repositories on the left-hand side of the page. All right, I'm ready. So that will pop up a page very cleverly titled New Repository. And that's where you enter some really basic information. I mean, the, the one thing they absolutely positively insist you do is give the repository a name. And um, I think that's the only field with a star next to it to say it's compulsory. Um, and then for your convenience, they allow you to give it a description. I would generally advise writing descriptions because I always forget what I'm supposed to be doing in a repository. Uh, and then there's some tick boxes to add some commonly used features while you're at it. Um, the readme file, I think you should always have. So I will always take that box. And I generally take the opportunity while setting up a repository to have a good think about what license I want to use for it. And I generally speaking either land on uh, a BSD uh, three clause or GPLv3. They're just my two personal favorite preferences. Um, and just pick the pick the license while you're at it and let it just get sucked straight into the repository. And I think to put along, so, they should add a, a README because we're going to play with the README. In this case, I would definitely say you should add a README because that is sort of the easiest file to edit in this demo because okay. it's just there. And I copied and pasted your description and everything, so it'll I'll be in step with you. It's identical. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> cool. Uh, so I went with the imaginative name pbs117-helloworld-web. Uh, a small note on naming. Spaces are not permitted. If you try to use one, GitHub won't stop you. It will just replace it with a dash. So if you type hello space world, your repository will be, will be called hello-world. And it will tell you in orange writing that it's going to do that, and then it will go ahead and do that. So when you're happy, click the button to create the repository. And then you get redirected to the repository's front page. And it will show you a list of files at the top of the page, which will at the very least contain the readme file if you tick that box. And if you also chose a license, it will also create a file called license in all caps. 
And then below the file list, what you will see is an HTML rendering of readme.md. So it takes the markdown file, converts it to HTML, and then uses it as the bottom half of the repository's front page. So you get the file listing, and then you get the readme. It worked. Excellent. Uh, while you're on that page, I'll also draw your attention to the fact that above the list of files, there's a drop-down menu that currently says main. That's where you get to flip between branches. At the moment, that won't do very much because you have a grand total of one branch. But you can use that drop-down to make new branches and hypothetically switch between branches. So if you're looking at, say, the GitHub repository for Bootstrap, you would use that drop-down to go from Bootstrap 5 to Bootstrap 4. Because at the moment, Bootstrap 5 is sitting on their main branch. Okay. But Bootstrap 4. I'm also noticing it's called main, not master. Yes, GitHub were very early. GitHub were very early to, to switch. Oh, that's that's cool. By the way, I was looking at uh, a uh, a house listing on Zillow, and uh, instead of saying master bedroom, it said primary bedroom. Which is a better name, frankly. It's a better name, yeah. Primary. Not the master of the house, certainly. Yeah. I think here in Ireland, I generally see bedroom one, bedroom two, and bedroom three, which is like oh. big, middle, small. Oh, okay. <laughs> which works too. Um, but yeah, I like primary bedroom. Um, so you can navigate around the repository by clicking on a folder or a file. In this case, we don't have any folders, so we can just click on a file and it'll open the file. There's also a button you can use to add more files. Okay, so that's the GitHub web interface. We now have our repository sitting there. So let us let us go and uh, let us clone our repository to our computer. So from the point of view of cloning the repository, again, GitHub, they're not subtle, right? There is one button in giant luminous green shouting for our attention on this page. Just like on the front page, the uh, add button or the new button was in bright green. There's one button in bright green here. It's labeled code and Did has a sort of a down arrow else? icon. Did it used to say it clone? It used to be called clone. Okay. It used to say clone and it confused everyone. And now it says what well, it does in the tin. It's where you get your code. Okay. So when you click on that button, you get a little popover, and that allows you to copy and paste very easily uh, the URL for your repository. It also lets you very easily download a snapshot of the repository as a zip file. So that's effectively the zip archive command just available there as a little button, which is kind of convenient. Uh, but in our case, we want the URL because we're going to clone our repository. And again, notice the subtle hint. The default protocol is SSH. They just keep nudging you towards using SSH. So it's got HTTPS as the other option, but it also says GitHub CLI. Aren't we using the GitHub CLI? Why are we not choosing that? Well, because that's where we're going later. At the moment, we're sticking Ah. to the basics, right? The web page and the Git command, the vanilla Git. Okay, I won't get ahead. Yeah, but you're right. That is there. And again, that's only recently there because they're only recently starting to really nudge people towards that GitHub CLI. And I can see why, because it's really polished. Um, I only discovered it myself last week while preparing these show notes, because I've just been <laughs> using Git Kraken. But I really like it now. I'm going to use it a lot. Okay. So, again, whether or not, if you've used a public access token, despite everything I've said, you copy the HTTPS URL. If you've used an SSH key, copy the SSH URL. Okay, and there's, a point, little, there's a little clipboard, so you don't even have to do Command-C. It's right there. Exactly. They really are helping you out as much as they can. To be honest, the biggest change I've seen over the years is that the the UI, it doesn't change in its look very much. It's a very, very plain looking website. But the usability is just getting subtly better all the time. Just little things, but they really add up. So it's really nice. So at this point, pop open your terminal and change into whatever temporary folder you like to clone repositories into. I use the wonderfully named documents slash temp. Uh, but whatever you're using yourself. Once you're in that folder, we're going to use the git clone command in conjunction with our saved URL to clone the repository. So it really is just a case of git space clone space copy paste or paste. Okay. Rather. Is, uh, so you- is this going to be something we're going to use this again next week? No, I don't know. I don't think so. This is really okay. Because my temporary folder much. gets gets cleaned out by Hazel, so I just want to make sure I put it simple. I don't need to worry about it. Okay. No, I don't. 
about it. Don't worry about it. It's going to exist in the cloud anyway, unless we go, unless you go ahead and proactively delete it, so you can always clone it again. Good but point. You don't need it. Good that. Let's see. It's asking for my passphrase for my RSA key. Okay. So I will open one password while you keep going. And in in Taming the Terminal, we also discussed something called the SSH agent, which can integrate with the macOS keychain to allow you not to have to enter that passphrase. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised that it asked me that. Um, maybe the, the last Mac time I did that was before my clean install. Yes, the Mac has changed. It used to, by default, offer to save the stuff in the keychain, and now you have to proactively enable the feature. Right, but we proactively enabled it in Taming the Terminal, but I've done a clean install since then. Yeah. But you think so it's in Keychain, it should have still been there. Hmm. Well, anyway. Yeah, I don't think that setting's stuck. Because that okay. setting is a SSH setting, not a Keychain setting. Oh, oh, okay. Okay, that makes more sense. All right. I'm yeah. in business. You're in business. Great. So you'll see it just clones, like exactly like it used to do when we were cloning from a folder, right? It's it's, it's just a different URL. So now I have a license and a readme. There we go. Uh, because we didn't tell it a specific folder name, it defaulted to the name of the repository, which is standard Git behavior. Mm-hmm. So we, the folder is called pbs 117 web. And so before we do anything else, CD into that folder and let's have a look around. So like Git clone normally does, there has been a remote created on our behalf called Origin, and that remote links back to wherever the repository came from, which in this case is GitHub. So if you do a git remote minus V, it will show you that Origin is git at github.com colon blah, 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 blah. So that is the GitHub URL. And it has also created, it has also checked out the main branch and set it up to track the remote main branch. I didn't so get if, that same information that you see, uh, you show in the show notes. So you have git remote dash V and it shows the origin for fetch and pull. Oh, you did a second command. Never mind. <laughs> yes. And then I listed the branches to show the tracking. And that's so VV. You, okay. The git branch minus VV, you'll see that main is set to track origin slash main. Yeah. Okay. So basically for free, we're at the place we want to be. We have uh, our connection back to git called origin and we're tracking main to main so perfect so let's make an edit um, i decided to simply update the readme.md file to make it a little bit prettier so uh, i added in some links basically is what i did so you can see the finished markdown code in the show notes so i just made that change hit save and so now i just push in the normal i just commit and push in the normal way so git space commit space minus am feet colon added clickable links to readme. Hit enter. It does its usual thing. And then I simply say git space push. Okay, hang on. Hang on. You got to wait for me. Okay. I, I want to play too. So I'm going to open this up in an editor and I'm going to paste in the stuff that you did instead. I'll change that. Very exciting stuff. you know. Yes. Okay. Save. Okay, so I've saved the file. What do I do now? So then we commit. So git space commit space minus am. And you can just, I guess you can copy and paste if you want to keep my message. Or yeah. you can put in a message of your own. No, it always confuses me when my hash is different. So we're going to say, I'm going to copy and paste. Okay. Then keep it all identical. Okay. So then all when right. you hit enter, it should, it should show you that it's uh, one file changed. Mm-hmm. So now we can just push because the tracking is all in place. So the push should just work. So Oh, good Lord. Space. It wants my passphrase again, Bart. That's because the, you haven't run the SSH agent. Yeah, I um, guess I'll keep. If you want to do control C on that, we can very quickly get it out of your way for today. It won't get it out of your way permanently. But if you do um, SSH dash add, that should take care of it. SSH dash add? Okay. It's not liking that illegal option. SSH dash add or just SSH? I think it's all one command. Oh, oh, okay. Gotcha. ZSH command not found SSH add. That's okay. I'll just I'll just keep this open. I think my memory. Um, it's the SSH agent. It's not SSH agent because that's that would be too obvious. I know it's not that. I know. I'll keep one password open. We'll be fine. Somebody's nope. SSH dash add. Huh? It is on 
Why, Mac? SSH oh, you said it was SSH ad, all one word. No, no, as in, S, not SSH space dash ad, SSH dash ad. Dash ad, ah, gotcha. Okay. And I should ask you for the passphrase once. Identity added. Okay. Okay, so now, it, now, now, now it's in your agent. So now you won't be asked for that passphrase okay. again until you reboot. Okay. Um, and then there's a way to make it automatically come out of the keychain every time you reboot and then you're finished. Uh, but that's for another moment. So uh, at this stage, we have pushed. So you can now go back to the GitHub website and see your work in action. Just refresh the page. All right, let's see. See this readme change. Look at that. And now is also a good time to point out that in the file list, you see the file name and then you see some text. The text is the commit message from the last time that file was edited. So we didn't edit the license, so it still says initial commit. But we did edit the readme, so it says the message we just typed, which is feet, colon, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah. So that's what that text means. Okay. So that is the basic workflow, right? We made a repository, we cloned it, we made some changes, and we could push them. We can pull, we can fetch. Everything we've learned so far is just going to work just like that. It's just instead of going to a folder, it's now going up to GitHub. And so, so we you, have the nice web interface to boot. So you don't have to buy a NAS. You just need a free GitHub account. Precisely. <laughs> okay. Precisely. And the advantage is it's genuinely in the cloud, so you can travel around the whole world and access your Git. It's really, mm -hmm. really, really useful. Uh, and free accounts get private repositories too. So you can actually have a private repository in GitHub for free. I think, I think there's a limit. I thought they might have got rid of that recently. It used to be five, but I think that's either been increased or set to infinity. But you can definitely, definitely have five of them. Maybe that's uh, uh, maybe I should uh, look at the GitHub client uh, for uh, interacting with your private repos because Git Kraken yes. won't let me without paying for Git Kraken. So maybe I'll take a look at that. And I keep forgetting that because I pay for Git Kraken because I like it and I want to make the developers have food. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I, I've been a paid Git Kraken user. I don't for love years. it I keep yet. Forgetting. Yeah, I, I keep forgetting that what I see is not what you see because I gave them my money. I believe in giving money when I love stuff. I don't love it yet. <laughs> yeah, I, I got to that point after about six months. I was like, yeah, I have my money. And I also pay for GitHub, even though the free account is fantastic. I don't pay because I need it. I pay because I want GitHub to keep existing. Yeah, cool. So, so to be honest, we could stop here. But hey, it's fun to experiment with things. So I discovered that this GitHub CLI exists and that GitHub are really keen on pushing it to people. So I spent most of this week when I should have been writing show notes playing with the GitHub CLI. <laughs> so that's why the show notes were all written today because uh, I got distracted by a shiny new toy. So let's actually repeat this exact same process, but from the CLI. So we're just mm. going to not leave the terminal. We're going to do it all from the terminal. So you can download the GitHub CLI from cli.github.com. It's nice and cross-platform. For Mac users, I would say the simplest solution is to use Brew. I, I love Brew. Uh, but it is also available in Mac ports, I think, is the other option. Yeah, you, uh, you've had me download. Uh, or I've been using Homebrew for quite a while, and it was, it was Brew space install space GH. Yeah. It was, was really it. Yeah, hard. Yeah, some total of the work, yeah. <laughs> So the prerequisites for this demo is basically that you have a GitHub account and that you've installed GH from the CLI. Okay. So the, the first thing to say is that very, 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 very sensibly, the GitHub folks chose the same mental model for their GH command as is used for the Git command. So remember in the Git command, it's always Git space command space subcommand. So Git space branch create git space branch list, right? So it's git space command space subcommand. So the GitHub command, the gh command, uses exactly the same model, GA space, gh space command space subcommand. So the documentation, which is at github.com forward slash manual, is grouped by these commands. So everything to do with creating repositories is in the command repo. Everything to do with logging in with your account, basically, is under the command auth. And there's similar commands for something called pull requests. We're going to get to know soon, PR. And there's commands for interacting with the issue tracker, issues. 
and so on and so forth. So the, the the command and the documentation are broken up into these commands, and inside each command you have multiple subcommands. I love so, the simplicity of this manual. Sorry, I've been I've been clicking on, great, the, on the different things. It, it's the most responsive, clean interface I think I've ever seen on a website of documentation. It just and, you have to click yeah. it to see it to understand what we're talking about. And the other thing is the GitHub command itself is one of the most friendly command line commands I have ever used. So if you don't enter lots and lots of flags to tell it everything you want, it won't just barf at you and say, ooh, you have to tell me blah blah It will give you an interactive prompt and just ask you the question. Do you want this to be public or private? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? It will just ask you the questions and you can just use the up and down arrows to pick your options or type into a pretend text field. So it's like a command line meets a GUI. It's actually extremely, extremely user friendly, extremely human interface for being on the command line. Of course, an interactive command line is no good if you're trying to script stuff. So there is a flag described in that wonderful documentation for all the different settings that are available to you. So if you want to do stuff automatically, then you will use the minus, minus this, minus, minus that, minus, minus the other. But if you just want to get stuff done as a human, just type the command and give it the information you know, and it'll ask you the rest. Okay. It's very friendly. So the very first thing you have to do when you install the GH command is you have to log in, authenticate yourself to GitHub. And from then on, the GH command will just work for you. So the relevant command for all such things is auth. And the relevant subcommand to log in is login. So there's a link in the show notes to the full documentation, but really it is as simple as gh space auth space login. When you hit that button, it will then ask you questions. Do you want to lay any over SSH? Do you want to log in using a personal access token? And it will just guide you through the process. Can I go through them here since uh, I don't think they're in the show notes? So what account do you want to log into? GitHub.com or GitHub Enterprise Server? I'm going to choose GitHub.com. Do I want HTTPS or SSH? I'm going to go with SSH. Uh, Let's see. And I've got several different SSH keys, so I'm going to choose my GitHub RSA pub. So I've got a different set of public-private key key pair than my regular RSA keys, which I've never understood why, but I'm going to go ahead with that. Do I want to log in with a web browser or paste an authentication token? So if you were on a server that didn't have, so if you were on a server, if you were SSH to a server, you couldn't use your web browser, right? Okay. You have to use the other option. It will actually guide you through the other option step by step if you choose that. I did it just to prove it to myself. Okay. Uh, But in your case, just let it use the web browser. So it will then actually tell you to copy and paste a six-digit code, or is it Mm -hmm. an eight-digit code? It's a code. Eight, yep. Uh, And then it will say, press enter to open your browser. And then when you press enter, Safari will pop up with a page with the text box for that code. And then it sends you to GitHub to actually put in your password. So I'm, I think I'm in. You think you're in. And then when you're, when you're done there, you go back in the command line, hit enter again, and it should tell you you're logged in. There it goes. Authentication complete. Uh, GitHub set H. Oh, it's giving me some stuff I can go do. Okay. Logged in as no silicast. There you are. So there we go. And that's it. You have to do that just the once. So Mm -hmm. now you have GH set up, which is great. So let's now create a repository entirely from the command line. Oh, we're going to create it locally? No. That's what makes the GH command so powerful. It lets us interact with the cloud from the CLI. Oh, okay. I thought we were going to push it up there. Okay. Now we're going to create it. No, no. So if we were using the Git commands, we would have to create the repository first using our web browser and then create a local repository with Git and it and then set a remote. So Git space remote space add space origin paste in the URL and then do a Git push. Okay. But the GH command lets us reach up to the cloud from the command line, create and clone. Wow. Yeah, it's cool. You can see why I fell in love with this. So the command for interacting with repositories is repo, and the subcommand for creating a repository is create. So ultimately, it's going to be gh space repo space create. There is, again, full documentation linked in the show notes. Um, to I say linked in the show notes. I'm not sure I remember to put the link in, but there is full documentation that is very well documented. Uh, and the one flag I am going to use is the minus minus description flag so that we can set the description while we're creating the repository. Uh, 
So the command I used was gh space repo space create space pbs 117 hello world cli minus minus description equals a demo GitHub for installment 117 of the programming by cell series created via the gh cli. Okay. Basically the same description I used for the web interface with the last few words changed. So let's see, it asks me uh, my visibility, public, private, or internal. Well, I don't want to uh, waste my few privates, so I'm going to be public about it. Yeah. Uh, this will create the blah, blah, blah repo on GitHub. Continue. I want to say Y for yes. Create a local project directory. Sure. Right? So that means clone it while you're at it, is what that means. Nice. So that means create it on both places. Wow. I just saw it show up. Yep, there it is. Oh, yeah, nothing in it, go. though. It's empty. Aha. So now you, you spotted the difference between the web interface and the CLI. So on the web interface, it created the repository and initialized it with a first commit. Mm-hmm. We just have an empty repository waiting for us to make a, a first commit. Okay. So if you CD into that repository, so CD space PBS 117-hello-world-cli, and this time when you do a git space remote space minus V, you will see that it does know it has been correctly connected to the repository in GitHub, right? So it says origin is git at github.com, et cetera. But when you do the git space branch space minus VV, you get literally nothing. Hmm. It's not just that there's no tracking. There's no branch. This is a <laughs> nothing to track to. Empty. Yeah, exactly. This is a completely empty repository. Okay. So we just create our first file, really. Um as a matter of interest, you can go to that newly created repository in the web and it will show you that it's an uninitialized repository. And on the web, it actually gives you the plain git commands to turn it into a normal repository using only plain git, oh, which is that. a lot more commands than we're going to have to do. Oh, oh, that's just plain git. OK, we don't want to do that. Yeah. That's old yeah. world. That's, that's old week. Exactly. <laughs> Although, to be honest, at this stage, we're so we're so close to being done. I mean, really, all we have to do is just make a file and push it, really. Okay. But the very, very first thing I'm going to do, to be absolutely sure, because depending on, you know, if I'm on an older version of Linux or if, if my Mac is on a, not up to date on the very shiniest and newest, the default on your version of Git might be master. So let's just force the hand. Let's just make a new branch called main. So if you say git space checkout space minus b space main, that will make a branch named main and switch to it. And that's just local. That's because that's, that's not a gh local. command. That's a git command. Okay. Correct. So you'll see it's, it should then say switch to a new branch main. Okay. So now it can't go do master accidentally on us. Correct. Okay. So now we want to create a readme file. And if we like a license file. I dragged and dropped them from the web created repo and then right. just very subtly edited the hello world, or sorry, the um, readme.md to change a few characters, really, just to say created via the GitHub GHCLI rather than saying via the web interface. Okay. So you can copy and paste my exact code if you want to get my hashes. And the license file I just copied, I didn't change that character. I just okay. copied. So at this point, we need to do a git add to start tracking those two files. So git space add space license space readme.md. Just add the two of them at once. Hang on. Every once in a while, I get weirdness in trying to copy from uh, Visual Studio code. I'm copying oh. what you wrote, and it's pasting three backticks. <laughs> okay. I'm good. Okay. So now, what do you say we're going to add the license? I forget what that does. Okay, so until we start tracking a file, it will never show up if we do a git commit minus am because it's not a tracked file. So we've got to tell git to keep an eye on those files, right? Remember, it's stage and then commit. So the minus am is sort of cheating in a bit because it does the staging for us, but only on files that are being tracked. Okay. So after uh, tracking those, then if I do that git uh, remote-vv, then I should... No, I don't see them yet because they're not up there. Got you. Correct. So okay. at the moment, so the, so right now we've just added the file. We've staged the files. We still haven't committed anything. 
Mm-hmm. So having staged them, we now have to commit our first commit. So we say git space commit space minus am space initial commit. The wonderfully imaginative name I'm going to give it. Okay. So then we're going to finally have a commit, right? Mm-hmm. But that commit is 100% local. Right. So the next step is to push our now existent local main branch up to the cloud and track. And push and track is done with the minus U flag. So we say git space push space minus U origin. So the upstream will be origin space what? In this case, main. So git space push space minus U origin space main. It means we want to push the main branch to origin and track it. That worked. And the last thing you should see is branch main set up to track remote branch main from origin. Right. So you tell it first where to push to and yeah. then what to track against it. What to push. Oh, what? It's oh, right, where right, 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 right. Okay. Well, origin and main. So you're going to push it to origin, but what you're going to push is main. And that tells with the dash U that says now track those. Correct. When okay. you when you when you specify the minus U origin, you're 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 telling it to create the tracking. So now we're in exactly where we were with the web interface. So if we do a git space remote space minus V, you'll see origin. And if you do a git space branch space minus VV, you'll see main tracks to main. Or main tracks to origin slash main. To, to origin. Uh, wait, git, hmm. Git space remote hmm. space VV dash VV just shows no, git the... git space branch. Git space branch. Sorry. That explains why it wasn't doing what I expected. Can't use the upper arrow to do those both. Okay, there we go. Origin main. Got it. So we are now in the same position we were via the web interface. We just got there via the command line. So if we go to the repositories page on GitHub again and we hit refresh, we're now going to see our nice new readme instead of those instructions. Oh, look at that. I still like that they, they... they actually know, like, okay, you forgot to, uh, uh, you know, you haven't done anything yet, but let me just show you how to do it when you get there. Yeah. yeah. That is how GitHub has evolved and matured the most in recent years, is the amount of little subtle hints and helps it gives you at every turn. Rather than leaving you with a cryptic message, they do their absolute darndest to suggest a solution. Yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. So, again, just another reason to like github so at this stage in time i'm hoping that we're comfortable in github and at this stage you know everything you need to know to just start using github as your personal place to keep repositories in the cloud right it's a really good safe backup now if you have your repositories in github and you check you clone them to your laptop and or your ipad and or your desktop well you can work away as a lone developer and you have a very good environment everything's nice and safe safely backed up in the cloud. You can get it from anywhere. You can use private repos if you wish, or if you're doing stuff more out in the open, use a public repo. So that's all pretty good. But we now have what we need to take things up a notch. So in the next installment, we're going to focus on one of my absolute favorite features, which is GitHub Pages. So we are going to develop and publish a client-side web app. In other words, HTML plus CSS plus JavaScript. And we're going to do it all inside a single GitHub repo. So we're going to manage the code and publish a working website all within a GitHub repo. And assuming you're prepared to pay for a custom domain, you can even do that to a custom domain, which is why it's pbs.bartofficer.net, not github.io forward slash bartofficer forward slash pbs. So if you already have uh, your own um, your your own domain, you could do this? I don't have Correct. to go get another one? Correct. You, would, you just need to set up a subdomain and point a DNS record. And they'll okay. tell you what DNS record to create. So you're basically going to create one DNS record, and they're going to tell you what it is. Okay. So that's how we have pbs.bartofficer and ttt.bartofficer. Right. So right. it's very easy to do. So we're going to walk through all of that next time. So that's me being quite the tease there, but that's what we're doing yeah. next. 
And then once we've done that, then we're going to finish our GitHub experience. And in fact, we're going to finish our Git experience by looking at how you interact with the open source community now that you're at home on GitHub. Ooh, so that is okay. two more installments and then then we are all gitted out. But I'm I'm hoping, I'm hoping at this stage that you're feeling quite comfortable with source control and that you believe me that it's valuable. <laughs> um and that, you know, that is part of being a developer, right? It's not just writing code. To actually deliver a working solution, you need more than code. You need the infrastructure around it. And source control is a really important part of that. Yeah, it has definitely saved my bacon on many, many times now that I'm, I'm, a, I'm <laughs> definitely a believer. I'm, I'm really shocked that the actual interaction with GitHub from the command line were done. You know, yeah, that's it's it. Like, wow. Well, that was easy. That should have been a lot harder than that. I'm surprised. I thought figuring out how to interact with GitHub was going to be more of it. But getting to do the uh, the pages for our web apps, that sounds really, really fun. Uh, one question. How do we make mm -hmm. these uh, fake repos go away now? I log into the GitHub web page and delete them. Okay, but that Dang. doesn't actually make it cease to exist. It will if you actually go in and delete them on the GitHub side. No, but they'll still exist in my local repos, right? Sure, They're but you won't be able to push or pull. But I can push because, or pull them anywhere I want, can't I? Right, but if you just try to push or pull to origin, it's going to say 404, not found. Okay, okay. So, oh, so that's kind of interesting. So it, huh. Origin is just yeah. a label to a link, right? But when that's you say an origin, interesting I mean subtlety. URL. That that does make it more of an authoritative source. It is in some way in control. That what if I wanted to start using something else as my origin? I would have to disconnect then, ah, in some way. Very straightforward, because you would say git space. Uh, I try to. I'm going by memory here, so bear with me. Git space remote space. I think it's minus minus update. Or get, it might be git remote update minus minus origin equals. Okay. And you basically, there is a git command to tell it that the new URL for the name origin is blah. Okay. And the reason I know this is because I just spent three days with my work hat on imposing a naming scheme on a giant collection of pre-existing repositories. So all of the origin URLs changed. Oh, jeez. <laughs> So I spent all of my time going git. I, I copied and pasted, which is why I don't remember it exactly. But it's basically there's a git there's a git command to say map the name origin to this new URL, and once you do that, it's completely transparent. It's as if nothing has changed. Okay, but it it does mean that that a if you're using GitHub, that is a little bit more authoritative -y than uh, just pushing to your NAS and having two versions of it in, in your house. No, it's exactly the same, because if you rename the folder in the NAS, you would do exactly the same thing. You would oh, just okay. remap the name origin to something else. Oh, that's right. That's right, because we made the NAS the origin. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. I buy it. I buy it. So you're saying and I say origin I should is just be able the to delete this, huh? Yeah, so you go into settings, and then you scroll right down ah. to the bottom, and there's a section, I think it's called Danger Zone, and all the buttons are bright red, telling you that these are places that have lasting effect. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. And there's a button there to delete it, and they will make you type in the name of the repository again, rather than just blindly clicking, yeah, whatever, to the warning. Uh, they, they do not, you will not delete a GitHub repository by accident. Okay. Which is good. They also won't let you rename it by accident or change the visibility from private to public by accident. They really, like... That danger zone is very, very explicit. It actually sounds like it was written by people who've done it, done it the wrong way on occasions. <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> oh, it's even got a section for deleted repositories. So they, yeah, that's interesting. So they go into a, they might go into a, some sort of a trash can these days. Certainly in early days of GitHub, gone meant gone. That was, that was it, like they were gone. Hey, guess what else you can do? You can set your default branch name. So I could yes. call it Boogers. Yes, you could. <laughs> we haven't used that in a while. Yes, I'm not course. going to, just so everybody knows. Yeah. All right. Well, this was fun. A lot, Excellent. Of, a lot of meat here, but I, got, I get it. 
Yeah, and uh, you know, as I say, lots of teasing done for next time. But we are we are nearing the end of our Git journey, and I've certainly had fun doing it. I, I'll be honest; I learned a lot of Git by teaching it. But it's one of the reasons I love doing this show is because it cements my knowledge. Things I knew ninety percent. Yeah, I'm a lot more comfortable with them now. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, best way to best way to learn is to teach. All right. Well, she says, we'll... yeah, I, I'm preaching to the choir here. I mean, you say the same thing about doing the videos for Don, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You got to know what you're doing to teach. Yeah. Well, to teach anyway. well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very good caveat there. Yes. Anyway, until next time, happy computing. If you learn as much from Bart each week as I do, I'd like you to go over to let's-talk.ie and press one of the buttons over there to help support him. He does 98% of the work here. I'm just the stooge that listens to him and asks the dumb questions. If you go over to let's-talk.ie, you can support him on Patreon, you can donate via PayPal, or you can use one of his referral links. I really hope you'll go over and help him out. In the meantime, you can contact me at Podfeet or check out all of the shows we do over there over at podfeet.com. Thanks for listening and stay subscribed.